that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people, and I've played some, too. And there's one thing I know. People like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making this evening? Thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast while I'm talking out my ask with my friend Joel Moore. Joel Moore not only makes a really good uh, barbecue rub, but he's also uh, was in two branches of the military, the uh, Air Force and the Coast Guard. And uh, you know what? Uh, except for my uh, movie watching experience, I don't know nothing about being in the military. So Joel's going to answer a few of those questions and we'll just talk about a bunch of other crap too. Joel Moore on the Spudcast right after this. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay, but where are you going to go? I got an idea. Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How about with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration? My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831, tell them Spud sent you. Getting older and feeling your age? Low energy, no motivation, putting on the pounds? Maybe age isn't the culprit. Maybe the sad truth is you have low testosterone. Well, don't sit around and mope. Go to the Mope Clinic at the Men's Optimal Performance Enhancement Clinic. Chris Rue will do more than just fling a blue pill at you. With proper testing, diagnosis, and testosterone replacement therapy, you'll be on your way to becoming your old self again, or better yet, your new self again. Go to mopeclinic.com, M-O-P-E clinic.com, or call 504-322-3888 to start your journey to a better, stronger, healthier you. Okay, so we're talking about Buddy Joel Moore here on the Spudcast podcast, talking out my ask. And I'll tell you why. Not only uh, not only does he make this great rub that, uh, by the way, I'm running out of. Well, I'll have to get you some. Yeah, bag me up with some more. i tell you what, I, I made some, I soaked some uh, pork finger ribs in this mojo criollo, this stuff Maureen gets, turned me on to. And so they marinated in there six, seven hours. And it was pretty good. But uh, your your rub is you and a guy named uh, Uncle Larry. Y'all y'all too. I like I like y'all's the best. But anyway, uh, so so um, Joel Moore, my buddy, we met um, during the BP oil crisis because I would be on the air talking to people about different things. Some of them were experts, some of them weren't, and he texted me and go, uh, that's a load of shit. <laughs> I don't know where that guy got his information from, but it's a bunch of BS, and he said, ask him this. And so I'd ask a question and go, oh, blah, blah, blah. how do you know that? Blah, blah. So uh, finally, I got my ways. <laughs> yeah, man. I got, I'm not giving up my sources. So finally, my, Joel, my best source and all that stuff, we met at the uh, Ruby Slip and had graphics, and he brought along his laptop. And he goes, do you have any idea what these big machines are, those what do they call those things? The Ram Jet thing? The, B, the BOP? Yeah. Yeah, the blowout preventer. The blowout was, preventer. That's right. They're huge. And they're like... Yeah, and it's amazing how people thought that, 
you know, just this small switch, you know, you turn it off, no big deal. But yeah. when you realize it is 30 foot by 30 foot and six stories high, then it's a whole big yeah. new ball game. Yeah, I was looking out the window of the, of the, of the radio stations. Uh, where were we? Up on the eighth floor about in. I, yeah, and, I think uh, so. And uh, yeah, it's like that that big clock tower in the Piazza dell'Italia. I'm going, it's it's bigger than that. And I'm telling people at the station that, going, how big do you think that is? Oh, I don't know, about as big as a car. No, man, it's bigger than that clock over. No, you're kidding. So Joel Moore <laughs> telling me all this kind of cool stuff and making me an expert and everything. And so uh, so not only that, and not only this fabulous rub that, quite frankly, I wish I wish you would sell, but I know why you don't. Um. Uh, but you guys, I mean, I'm sitting here talking about last night we watched the Patriot, you know, it's with Fourth of July and this and that and Memorial Day and Veterans Day and all this kind of stuff. And I got to admit, I I don't know really and truly, the only thing I know about the military is watching like, you know, John Wayne movies. I ain't never been in the military. I got several friends that have been, but I never asked them point blank questions about what it's like to be in the military. I mean, I saw Full Metal Jacket. I've seen Gomer Pyle. I've seen, uh, you know, a bridge too far, you know, but I mean, you retired from two different services. Joel went into the air force, put in his 20 there. Then he spent 20 years in, in the coast guard. Well, actually spun back up just a little bit. I spent 10 in the air force. enlisted. So, uh, well, I got 10 years there in the air force where I was enlisted and then 14 in the coast guard where I ultimately retired as a lieutenant commander. So I went from the E rank, uh, E1, lowest rank in the military, and retired as an 04. Well, that's pretty good. So my, my life's goal was, was uh, to do that or something similar that I actually want to be a pilot, but uh, that never panned out. But I'm happy with this with the uh, mm. career that I chose. And you now and now you are, uh, you're one of the guys who actually tells people that teaches them how to shut down rigs and <clears throat> yeah, we, we we do a lot of teaching. Uh, we I work for Bessie Bureau of Safety Environmental Enforcement. We were involved with, the, as you know, the Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. And we were MMS at that time, but um, we changed our name to Bessie. And I'm in the training department there where I coordinate training and get people the training they, they need to, to do their jobs. And their jobs are, are like, I mean, when when okay, when you and I met during a, during the spill – you were a person who could go to a rig and order it shut down. If I remember, it's been a while. Yes, yeah, so I, I we can. We can do that if, if the situation was correct. And uh, it, obviously, with closing down or shutting down a rig, it's, it has to go through several processes and, mm-hmm. and approvals, as you can imagine. I can't just unless it's just life in danger right at that immediate moment. Um, Usually it's a little process to go through, but yeah, yeah, we have the authority to shut them down. We're actually, we are actually what you consider uh, cops on the water or OSHA. OSHA on the water. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so literally you, you, and now you don't have to do that. You don't have to fly out to rigs anymore. anymore. You gotta, you know. I, I should be flying out, but some medical issues have come up and I don't fly out like I should, but I, I will be one day. Well, I know you. I know too many things stand in your way, man. You know. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a pilot, but when I first came in the military, and I still love to fly, so uh, there's nothing like flying offshore. Yeah. You know what? My dad was in World War II, so was my mom. <laughs> my dad joined the Army Air Corps because he wanted to learn how to fly. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. went to, uh, you know, he went to, 
flight training, and then he went to fighter pilot training, and then they scooped him up. He was supposed to go to supposed to go to uh, well, he was supposed to go to into the European theater, and they made him a, a flight instructor instead. So he basically spent the whole war teaching other people how to fight. You know? Oh wow! So he, that's cool. Yeah, but then but you know what? Once the war was over, he never flew again. I mean, he, I don't think he ever piloted a plane after after World War Two. Really? Yeah, and I mean that's you what he, might, you could have kept my butt out of a seat like that. Well, I, I still would have been flying. <laughs> yeah, he was up there at P forties. Uh, he started out in P nineteens, running people, then running uh, training pilots and P. He always wanted to fly P fifty one, never got a chance to. But yeah, he spent he spent most of the war fly, uh, teaching people how to dogfight with P forties. So anyway. wow. I did not know that about your dad, but that's impressive. Yeah, well, it's, that's why I didn't give him too much back talk. <laughs> I'll drop your ass out of a plane, boy. I had I had teeth painted on my nose. Anyway, well, that's just it, though. That's why I called up and see if Joel wanted to join me because, uh, uh, like I said, I, I've seen movies. I, I've watched a bunch of movies, you know, and you see movies uh, and you see documentaries and you see different things. And so, but I've I've never I've never been in the military. I don't know what a day in the life is like. I don't know what boot camps really like. I mean, I saw GI Jane, and I I've seen things where like you know twelve SEAL candidates are carrying a log and doing sit ups and you know swimming with a uh, fifteen pound ankle weights and their hands cuffed behind their back and you see how, which there there's there's something that's well ooh, I can't wait to to do that. Let me you know. yeah I don't think I can handle those kind of those yeah. tough testosterone-induced uh, yeah. uh, operations, if you will. But let's start. Okay, let's let's start. You started out. Um, yeah, I started out. You went to, you went to uh, boot camp, man. What is what is boot camp really like? I know they're all a little bit different. I don't want to sit there and say the Marines are the baddest because I don't know. But I'm assuming you know you you went through basic in the Air Force. What did they make you do? Oh, that was so. You know, I was I started out before I went in the military. I was a construction worker. I was um, doing labor, you know, for mm-hmm. houses and cleaning up stuff, doing hard, really hard labor, like you did when you were uh, yeah, going through every college summer. and digging yeah. ditches and yeah, things like that. Yeah, shovel in my hand, or I was handing welding rods, or lifting that's, and toting heavy that's stuff. Right. That was so. Me. I did all that shit work, you know, for years, and then I said, oh, "I'm going in the military." When I went into basic training, it was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have to work very hard. All I had to do is listen to what they said do and do it, you know, and try to keep a, be that wallflower so I didn't get my ass chewed every time you turned around. But, and I was pretty successful at that. But I did know that basic training was, was uh, for me, was pretty easy. And I can only guess that it's getting easier with the, uh, the way political correctness and all that's kind of going around now. So well, I'm well, yeah, thinking it's is probably this, easier. How's that going to help anybody? I mean, you're, you're, you're boudin about, look, I can understand some of the stuff that, that DIs did. You know, I saw Stormship Troopers. But <laughs> <laughs> but the thing of it is, the, the enemy ain't going to treat you like no wallflower. They're going to be no, all No, they're not. They're not. And, and that's the whole goal of that is to teach you to be able to, to not doubt the orders you're given if they're lawful and, and go out and do whatever you got to do. And. That's the whole purpose of basic training. I liked it so much that I came back as a drill instructor in the Air Force. Really? So, yeah, I, I, I went uh, to my first duty station in Travis Air Force Base in California. And uh, then I said, I liked that so much. I went back as a, as a drill instructor in the Air Force. And some people in the other branches may not call it much of a drill instructor. But I tell you what, when I got through with them, they knew uh, 
who the boss was. You know, yeah. all the recruits did. They knew who the boss was, and they knew to follow orders. So I was, you know, I got a lot of praise from mom and dads all around. Yeah, how straighten, I turned their straighten kids their boys out. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, back then though, they said, I mean, they had women in the military, but not to the level that they have them now. No, no they still had them. In fact, the squadron I was in that had uh, women in the in the flights, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like any other, you know, male or female. You still got treated as close to equally as possible, yeah. and but fairly. So, well, like my uh, dad told me, I mean, they had a lot of women pilots, and he goes, some of them were like really good pilots, but they like they didn't use them for fighting. They used them to tow targets and to ferry airplanes. Yeah, and, uh, I, and he told me like some of the pilots used to go mess with them, and he'd have to, you know, he'd have to chew them out and go leave them alone. You know, they're towing a target for you. You know, why don't you quit, yeah. quit fooling with them and start shooting the target down? Do so, what you got to do. That's do right. And, do. and I think that's what I think that's where military is going now is is that do everybody's equal and just go do your job. Well, that's what it boils I, I, I down to. I would like to think that. Yeah, it should have boiled down to anyway. But the bottom line is, can you do the job? That's the big deal, too. Yeah. You know? And there are people that, you know, they do a pretty good job of the aptitude test when you go in. So they do a pretty good job of that. And. Uh, fit you with the job it's, that they think you are uh, capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you, you talk to thousands of people, so sometimes that's going to slip through the crack. But Yeah, yeah. But anyway, when we come back, though, we're going to talk more about this cracks, and we're going to go, you know, what did you do as a, and, and why, what did you do as a, as a Eve sergeant, drill instructor in the Air Force, and then why did you switch to the Coast Guard and become an officer? Why didn't you stay in the, in the Air Force and be an officer? But also want to know literally what's a day like? What's a what 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 happens Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays? What do you actually do? My guess is uh, Joel Moore. He's a friend of mine, uh, Air Force and uh, Coast Guard, and working offshore, and uh, you know, and a hell of a barbecue guy. So back with more in the Spudcast right after this. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222, and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the home team advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. Well, it finally looks like we're going to be spared the COVID lockdown down this summer. Of course, there's other medical needs besides a big cootie, sprains, breaks, stitches, pink eye, bug bites, sunburn. Some of these can be diagnosed and treated over the phone with telemed. But whatever your malady, Rapid Urgent Care is open 365, even on holidays, ready to treat you quickly and professionally. Whether you're on the North Shore or the South Shore, summertime bobos don't stand a chance at Rapid Urgent Care. Just go to rapidurgentcare.com for the address and number of the clinic nearest you. And we're back on the Spudcast talking out my ask with my buddy Joel Moore, who is uh, did two. Okay, so you did what you said, nine years? I did ten, almost 10 years to the day with the Air Force enlisted. And you'd ask, you said something about yeah, you uh, to Coast why Guard? I got out. And, well, I mean, went but you went, you went into the Coast Guard and, and went to Officer Canada School and became an officer. I mean, why didn't, you, why didn't you become an officer? Why didn't you want to be an officer in the Air Force? Or they didn't so, want you? Oh, oh, I did. I did. I actually put in for, put in for it twice. Uh, but it's not my fault. The Air Force didn't know quality when they saw it. You know, I had to have impeccable records to be a drill instructor, but yet I wasn't good enough, I guess, to go be a, um, an officer in, in 
the Air Force. So uh, one of my commanders said, hey, you should try, try the Coast Guard. They have a good flying program. Long story short, I jumped ship, pun intended, and I went to the Coast Guard, and they picked me up right away. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, my life goal of being a pilot didn't uh, didn't come to fruition, but I have a suitable sub that I went for, which was a Marine inspector. And that's kind of what I do now as well. I was an inspector for the Coast Guard, inspecting commercial ships in the port of New Orleans, one of the busiest ports in, in the United States. Yeah, the port so, of Louisiana is the busiest port if you're looking at tonnage. That's right, it is. And and uh, it was just a, a good fit for me because I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed working in the Air Force. I cut my teeth on, on uh, some of the biggest airplanes, like a C-5 and C-141. So I like those big types of, vessels and things like that. For those of you that don't know, the C-5 Galaxy, that's that plane you see that the whole big nose tilts up and you can put like two, three tanks up in there. That's that's right. I think they could put four, they could put eight Greyhound buses, if I remember right. Yeah, so there's a commute for you. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) So so I really like that. I went into the Coast Guard and then all of a sudden I'm inspecting uh, commercial ships. Anything from a small swamp tour boat you might see in Slidell or um, a big deep draft ship. I was a doing it in um, the LNG ships, liquid natural gas ships. Mm-hmm. I did. I was responsible for doing the entire fleet of liquid natural gas ships. I'd have to travel to Japan then to do those, but I traveled 150 days a year. I was a real uh, jet setter, if you will, uh, doing inspections all over the world. And flight attendants knew me by facial recognition, so I never yeah, had they to all went, worry about getting here upgraded. Comes. Jesus Put him in the back. Oh my God! That's Don't make right, him man. sit up front where we can keep an eye on him. You know? Yeah, they, they've done that quite a few times, and I enjoyed that. Oh course. hell yeah! You, you, yeah. you didn't have some. You didn't have some rich guy going. Uh, come on up here, uh, uh, Lieutenant, and let me. I'll, I'll swap. You know, you, I'll go sit in the back. You can have my big spacious seat. No, actually, the flight attendants would do that. You know, because they have some seats available. And they see me. They, I saw the same ones all the time, and they just say, "Come on, Mister War, come on up here and sit. We got a seat up here for you." So I don't Ooh, know if that's because they need to keep an eye on me or, or what. But. Who cares? You're in first class. That means free booze. That's right. That's right. Never, yeah, that's never right. flown first class, folks. Free booze. <laughs> of course, now you still end up with a plastic knife. You know, yeah, whatever, right. yeah, whatever fucking <laughs> swill they got up there for, you know, everybody else is eating like a, a three-month-old biscotti and some can't have peanuts. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't even so- I don't like so it's just like a normal job for me, you know. I, I mean, the biggest thing I had to worry about, really, um, was just getting up and going out and doing the job. I, I, uniforms were picked out, knew what I was going to wear every day, and yeah. I think that was the biggest adjustment once I did retire. Was all right now, what do I wear? What do I wear? You know, <laughs> I know it's I wore during the uh, military. Yeah, pick the uniform up and go to work. And, uh, well, also, you have, like, this very long goatee that I don't think you would have gotten by in the military unless you no, had some I, undercover dude or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I actually, when I had hair, uh, I was trying well, to fell doing off all the top travel. and landed right there on your jaw. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's well, right. Wait, no, so, all right, so so you travel all over the place, and, and you had to go. And I don't want to get into the detail of, of expecting a ship because I've been on one cruise, and we had a f- you know, I had like a 16-foot bateau with a 5-foot beam when I was a kid. I was, that's the extent of my boat stuff other than riding a ferry. But, I mean, what do you do, you know? It's like what, what when, you were in the, when you were in the Air Force, okay, n- not when you were a DI, but some of the other berths that you had. Some, other, some, some of the other people yeah, that I mean, I had. What do you do on Monday? Do you, I mean, do you work 9 to 5? What do you do? The fun, it's it's uh, usually 7 to 
it's uh, four, something like that. Uh, they have three different shifts. You know, I worked in what's called Military Airlift Command with the C-5s and this worldwide uh, uh, global uh, reach. So we ship cargo everywhere. And probably the funnest part of that job was every morning I'd get up, go to work, and I would sit on a something like a, um, a FedEx truck, one of those big step vans with mm-hmm. eight other people on it, sit outside of the aircraft that we're going to be taking off that day, really high stress. And if something on your aircraft were, uh, broke down, uh, you were Johnny on the spot right there at the foot of the steps, uh, climbing up and troubleshooting just to make sure that this, this flight doesn't miss the scheduled time to, for takeoff. So pretty stressful, but uh, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. That was the funnest part of that job was just to go sit out there, wait for your parts to break down, and that was your time to shine. My, uh, my, my deal would be, though, uh-oh, I'm going to, like, forget this cotter pin. The next thing you know, here comes a <laughs> here comes an engine crashing on top of my FedEx truck because I didn't tie it on there long enough. You know, oh man, no. I mean, we most all... people can't change the oil in their cars. You know, I mean, my my son's like that. He says, I'm, "I think I might want to work on cars, Dad. Here, go change my oil, huh? Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five minute oil change. There we go. And you know that you know that's one of the things that uh, they that I taught when I was a TI uh, or drill instructor is you know they had to have their shirts, for example, six inches wide, not five and nine sixteenths or anything like that six inches and that's what they start instilling you in, in basic training mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's from day one it's preparing you to attention to detail and doing your job whatever that job might be and when i was in the air force my job was avionics communication and navigation specialist so i worked on aircraft uh, working on the airplanes and uh, uh fixing their radios and their radar uh Are i went to hand? spain one time and went uh you got a ham radio? I'm sorry? You got a ham radio? No, my dad did. Uh, growing up, he had it. Yeah, but, I uh, passed the course and I have one. I just, I've uh, never used it. That's, I, really? I've got it. I, I got one I can plug into my truck. It's a handheld, you know. It's a pretty decent uh, antenna and such, but it's mostly if we got to run from storms or I'll hook it up when we stay home from storms. But so far, I haven't I haven't really had to rely on it, but at least I got it, you know? So nothing else. I can turn that bad boy on and press a couple of buttons and go, hey, hey, Singapore, you got an extra plate for me? We'll be over there in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's that's, – I I think the military helped me to instill something what you're talking about right there, and that is I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So it's a simple paratus in the Coast Guard that really hits home with me as far as that goes. Well, I'm an Eagle Scout, so it was be prepared. That's what it all comes down to. That's why my my wife is going like, you know, oh, don't throw away that cotton that came out that aspirin bottle because I can stick that in an old medicine, an empty medicine uh, bottle. And guess what, man? I got a little magnesium stick, and I can start a fire with that, so. Or dryer lint. Don't throw away your dryer lint. You know, save a couple of (laughs) bottles of that. You can start a fire with dryer lint with with a battery. Dryer lint and a battery, boom, fire. That's right. So there you go. All right, well, what would you tell people? I mean, we just had the 245th anniversary of this country. I mean, it's all an all-volunteer force now. You served in two different branches of it. You obviously enjoyed it, and I can tell from the conversation. What would you tell somebody if, you, if 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 somebody came up and asked you, should I join the military? What can I expect to get out of it? And uh, what, is the expe- what does the military expect me to put into it? Well, the military expects you to give you your all. If you're, if, if you're going to go in, I would tell a young person, think about it long and hard, what it is you want to do in your life, and 
I hear too often that people that were in the military, oh, I was in for four years, and every time I say that I retired from the military, I, the first thing they say is I wish I'd have retired. So you have to go in with that mindset mm-hmm. that when you go in, think of it as a career and pick the branch you want to go. And you can transfer from one to another at times. That's it for you to figure out. But pick out the job you want to do, that you want to shoot for, for your life career, and go for it. But stay your 20. If you're that, if you're committed now, stay your 20. Uh, well, yeah, if you go in, at, if you like go in at 18, if you go in at 18, man, you're, you're 38 years old with a retirement with 20 years of training. I mean, you can waltz into a, a good paying gig too. And then, and then, you know, you sure can. And that's what I do. The exact same thing I did when I was in the coast guard, I just changed uniforms. I went from a uniform to civilian clothes. Mm-hmm. I still inspect rigs or still inspect, uh, whatever it might be. I still use the code of federal regulations that the Coast Guard uses. So, you know, it's really no change except for uh, day-to-day activities and uh, and the regulations. But yeah. you don't have to get know, up. It, it trained me to do a to do a career for the rest of my life. All right, I got I got one real serious question. Sure. After boot camp, mm-hmm. have you done any push-ups since? Boot no. Camp? Well, I take that, I take that back. You know, Air Force was at the the type that was like summer camp. Didn't do push-ups or anything like that. But uh, when I went into the OCS, oh my God, I've done as many as four hundred a day. Well, that's different though. That's still that's still you know it's officer candidate school, so it's still a boot camp. It's a boot camp for officers. So out, sure. outside of boot camp, in the two branches you were in, have you done a, a push-up or a sit-up? Or... But I, I wouldn't do a fucking push up if I had to. <laughs> I, I won't even do a push back, you know, push it back from the table. <laughs> I know that one because I've seen your belly. I've had too many lunches with you, man. <laughs> Joel Moore, thank you for your service in both branches. Thanks for taking the time to explain a few things. That, again, like I said, I watched a movie, Kelly's Heroes. That's the extent of my deal with the, with the military. Yeah, my uh, favorite is the full metal jacket up until the drill instructor gets shot, then I turn it off. Yeah. I used to use all those sayings. It was a blast. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to see somebody going, oh, uh-oh, here comes Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Jacking around in that mini-14. <laughs> Joel, take care, man. I thank you soon, and the next time you make a batch of rub, I want some. All right, we'll do that. All right, wrap it up. Spudcast right after this. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch-resistant lenses, dust busters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps, the list just keeps on growing, and it needs to keep on growing, because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Okay, Joel Moore, Air Force, Coast Guard, checking out the rigs and making some seriously good barbecue rub. Anyway, uh, more on the Spudcast tomorrow. Right now, though, thanks for joining me here on Red Circle and Spotify and Google Podcasts and public radio and Amazon and Stitcher and Twitter at Spud Got That and on the Spudcast, uh, Spud's friends and fans. 
John McConnell and the Big Teasy, all them Facebook pages. In the meantime, if you want to sponsor this podcast, if you want to have it emailed directly to you, if you uh, want to be a guest or have an idea for a topic, or you just want to give me some money, you can contact me at thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Till tomorrow, y'all be safe. Watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.